Good money, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Ray Professional Wrestling. I'm your host, Sean. And once again, I'm always joined by the most talented, most thoughtful, the most insightful co-host in the world. Ashley, how are you doing? Wow, after that, uh, I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> that was quite the introduction. We had a lot of returns this week on wrestling, so I'm trying to make sure I don't lose you to somebody else. <laughs> so no time let the present. Let's just go ahead and slide into the control center to catch you up on one of the most busy weeks in wrestling in 2023. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. And actually, we got to go to Monday Night Raw because I think it's the only place we could start as they got a whopping viewership on that episode of Monday Night Raw because of two things. The return of Randy Orton and the closing segment of the return of CM Punk to a WWE Raw ring for the first time in over a decade. Now, the funny thing actually was he was supposed to have a longer segment that match between Orton and Dominic Mysterio ran long, and CM Punk's promo got cut down to eight minutes. I saw it too, and I think it's a little more neutered uh, talk than than people were expecting. You know, I think a lot of people thought he would come out with, like guns blazing, but if you start looking over the weekend and seeing that Tony Tony Khan was over in England, um, hyping up the All In coming up here in August, and BBC Midland was interviewing him. And Tony Khan, we were wondering why we didn't see any tweets about it the night that he returned to Survivor Series. Apparently, there's an NDA there somewhere, and Tony told the radio people in Britain that he couldn't talk about it legal. Well, then good. Let everybody keep with their NDA, and we can move on from it, and everybody can, like I said, you know, go their own way, and CM Punk can be happy in WWE, and Tony Khan can move on with AEW. True, I'm happy that there's this NDA existing now, then that's probably why you didn't hear Sam Punk this lay into his former place of employment. Even though, if you listen to his promo at the very end, he's looking to the camera, he's going, I'm here to make money, not friends. And I feel like that was the only line that kind of hinted to AEW. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the um, the face-off with Mox. The heart and soul to the dollar and cents like face off that they had. Yeah. But eh, being up front, so So that episode of Money Night Raw brought in one point eight eight four million viewers to the episode. Now it was helped with the fact that Monday Night Football was a lackluster game between the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. So that gave them a benefit because they didn't go up against a really strong Monday Night Football game. Yeah, that's a tough game. Yeah. Okay, so the total viewership for that episode of Raw was up 34% from the year before, and they got 863,000 viewers in the key demographic, 18 to 49. So they really cashed in all they could on the weekend of Punk. Yeah, no, smart to capitalize on, on the you know the return of both of them. Very true. And you know what? As much as I enjoyed Randy Orton at Survivor Series, watching him beat the heck out of Dom Mysterio, that was even more fun. <laughs> it is nice to see Dom get his ass whooped. And poor J. David Dunn. He's just there to eat RKOs and uh, drinking DDTs. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I saw um, Nick Aldis tweet uh, today and it just said, it really does come out of nowhere. True, 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 true. So, Ray Orton is 
back and if you saw Friday Night Smackdown, it looks like he's going to the blue brand. He's going to be on there to be a four in the side to the bloodline. And I'm all here for it. Yeah, let's see him get back into something. Now that he's returned and looking as good as he does. We'll go on to our next story. As apparently AEW is somebody leave the company by the end of 2023. And it's QT Marshall. And Ashley, you're one that brought this up to me. Yeah, um, he put out a statement the other day, uh, um, basically confirming that he would be leaving the company. And it seems to have come out that they don't really agree in either the direction for AEW as a whole um, with QT and what he sees or with QT's career personally. When I read this, I really feel like I think QT wants to be more of an in-ring performer and there's just not enough TV time at AEW to get him to a spot where he would feel like he is satisfies him. I think this is a mutual agreement to separate between two people. We just like wish QT Marshall the best in his future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I always enjoyed QT's work. I know, you know, people kind of kind of either felt one way or another about him. I felt like he was kind of polarizing, but for his role for what it was, I I thought he was pretty underrated. You know, there's a lot of early AEW work. QT Marshall played a very key role. I mean, they used the Nightmare Factory there for a while for that marathon taping when they were in Georgia, like during the pandemic. And I feel like that era of AEW had a lot of QT Marshall foot fingerprints in it. And I feel like he was one of those people who was willing to do whatever needed to be done to get done. And as you get back on the road, we were talking about this. They got so many people now they brought in and you want to put all the people on TV that you want. And it's hard to get it inside of five hours a week. Exactly. And QT, you know, he, he stated before he wants to be, like you said, more prominently featured. And, you know, I, I wish him nothing but the best and wherever he ends up. True. We're going to go to our third story as the NWA and Camille are coming to a mutual agreement to separate as she announced that she will not be resigning with the NWA coming up here in the start of 2024. And to me personally, this is another big blow to the NWA because she was the centerpiece of that women's division. Yeah, kind of another big blow for NWA to cap off their year. Kind of makes you wonder if that that big blunder earlier this year uh, factored into her decision. It's hard to tell, but I feel like with Camille, I feel like she's done everything she could possibly do with that company. She's still getting to her prime, and why not just explore the opportunities that you have in front of you? Because if I was Tony Khan, if I was somebody up in Connecticut, I would, would be getting her pen to paper to get her into your women's division. Yeah, WWE seems to be uh, kind of uh, scouting out some women for their for their women's division. AEW could always use the help in their women's division. And obviously, with everybody kind of in their reignited interest in TNA, it, she could be in there with the knockouts division, and it that's always been a great women's division. True. But if I'm a betting person, I would bet the WWE because Nick Aldis is the general manager of SmackDown. You know, you could literally bring her in like she was the first time with Nick Aldis as his heavy. Then she could wrestle on SmackDown. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they seem to be heavily recruiting for their women's division right now. So I can't wait to see where Camille goes in 2024. Wherever she goes, I know she's going to kick ass. Okay, Ashley, we're going to move on to the next story, and we're going to bring this down just a little bit for a moment. As on Monday this past week, Tammy Stitch 
finally face her judgment day as she's been sentenced to 17 plus years in prison for the DOI murder charge that she was facing. If you don't remember the story, now it seems like a year and a half ago, maybe she was driving in Florida without a license and ran into the back of a car with a gentleman who was like 75 years old. That gentleman passed away, sadly. And finally, she is going to be behind bars and probably not be able to get out from prison until she was like 65. So it's a very sad story, very tragic story. All around. But she's had this problem for years and she's always kind of skirted around getting away with with the charges she's dealt with and, and it's never turned around and because it never turned around this is where we ended up and hopefully while she's in prison she can maybe get her life back together you know people turn around in there so hopefully she can work on it and, and get herself back together and be a lot healthier when she get does get out eventually exactly i mean this story hits me personally because or long-time listeners of Ray Free Professional Wrestling know that me and my mom were a victim of a impaired driver, and I lost my mom 17 years ago this month. So this coming out around this time, it just got me started thinking about everything that my family went through. So I just want to send my thoughts and prayers out to everybody involved in this trash situation. Absolutely. Okay, Ashley, you brought me one final story for this week, and we come to learn that Brian Danielson was one of the three members of the disciplinary committee that was involved in advising Tony Khan to fire CM Punk with cause. And this was reported by Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. Kind of interesting to have this one professional wrestler now, granted to have Brian Danielson being that one professional wrestler on that committee, I feel like it's a good choice. Kind of interesting this story came out this week. Yeah, that felt like a timing thing for sure. I don't think we were recording last week when I when we were talking about it a little bit and like I don't think a lot of like CM Punk fans understand that like Tony Khan didn't want to fire CM Punk like <laughs> when it comes down to it Tony Khan loves CM Punk and he didn't want to have to fire him it's kind of telling to me that somebody like Brian Danielson who's worked with Punk for as long as he has felt like it was necessary to get rid of him um, an interesting like you said, interesting timing for it to come out and an interesting story in general. I, I don't think it's as surprising as some people have made it out to be, though, that there's a committee with a professional wrestler on it. It would sort of make sense that somebody who's in the locker room and considered like a locker room leader, like somebody like Brian Danielson, would be like somebody trusted to Tony Khan. I mean, Tony Khan did say if anything happened to him to tell Shad Khan to tell Brian Danielson to take over AEW, essentially. So True. And I feel like you would need at least one of the active wrestlers on this committee given the situation that was involved around all in and who better than somebody that is well liked by a lot of people inside and outside of AEW and this really respected in the family that is professional wrestling right I mean I don't even think CM Punk maybe has ever had real life issues maybe with him I, I they never really seem to have any issues so it just seems maybe it was just you know like I said before, it was, it was just better for everybody. You know, Steam Punk not wanting to be there. So. True. We are going to end our Control Center here for December the 4th, 2023 here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Ashley, it's that time. We're going to the stunning six questions as we debate six of the hottest topics from the past week of professional wrestling. 
time to ring the bell as Sean and Ashley debate six stunning questions from the week of wrestling. All the whys and what the hell was that? And in our control center, we kind of talked about stunning question number one. As we reported that Camille is not renewing with NWA, where would you put her between AEW, WWE, Impact, or New Japan for wrestling? I don't know. I, I could see, like, like you say, like WWE making a strong play for her. Um, And with somebody like Nick Galdis there to like possibly kind of like vouch and be like, hey, you know, he's somebody we could definitely use here on this roster. I feel like it could be not a far-fetched that she ends up in WWE. See, I'm going to double down. I'm going WWE here because she fits the mold of what they want in a professional wrestler. She has the look. She has the athletic build. And she's really, really good in the ring. If you haven't seen her in person, if you ever get a chance to see her on the independents, go watch one of her matches. I got to see her versus Talon King, and that was one hell of a match. Highlight like King is so good. And, okay, I always say that Camille is like Jack. TV doesn't do her justice. See her in person? She looks like she's chiseled out of granite. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to our second study question of the week. Okay, so my second study question for you, Ashley. With the return of CM Punk and Randy Orton, have we seen the ceiling of one LA night towards the main event scene? Uh, I think it just may depend on how the fans still react to him. If their attention hasn't been completely diverted, I think there's still a shot for him. But if they seem kind of uh, a little less interested now with, with everybody returning and their attention maybe a little more focused elsewhere, it could be. Well, if you watch Friday Night Smackdown, he did come out to help Randy Orton to fight off the bloodline. So I got a feeling that they're going to keep him in that main event level. And you know what? Randy does need a tag team partner if he's going to fight the bloodline. So I got my fingers crossed it's going to be LA Knight. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be a good call. That's a good way to keep him in that in that picture like the True. And like, you know, I keep thinking about what Triple H said about a week ago when he was talking at the Survivor Series media scrum. And he's talking about how fast this deal with CM Punk came together. I feel like if CM Punk wasn't there in WWE, Randy Orton would be on Raw, and you could have LA Knight on SmackDown. That would be your top two baby faces. But with CM Punk basically going to be on Raw now, the way it looks like, and Orton on SmackDown, I do feel like LA Knight is going to be 1B when it comes to top level baby faces on SmackDown now. Yeah, I think at least at least for right now, you know. Randy's just coming back, so of course everyone's going to be very excited. Okay, let's go to our next stunning question. And since we're talking about the return of CM Punk, we got to talk about his wife, AJ. Ashley, do we see AJ Lee in the Hall of Fame in 2024? Uh, as long as everything is still smooth sailing, I, I don't see why not. You know, I feel like it would be a make good on the WWE's part if they do this. Especially since we kind of know that Whatever side you believe, the fact that CM Punk got his termination papers on the same day he got married to AJ Lee, I feel like this would be a olive branch to AJ and CM Punk going like, let's put her in the Hall of Fame, let's put the past in the past, all systems go for the future. Yeah, 
I mean, I guess it would depend on how she feels about the whole thing and coming back. So true, true. And I know she probably won't be able to wrestle a match due to the condition of her neck. Because I think CM Punk even mentioned that that was probably not going to happen. But I mean, you need to never say never. And like CM Punk said, uh, he probably said never said never as well. It's up to her. But if we could get more, one more AJ Lee match, I'd be for it. Yeah, and and with him back, you got a shot at least. You know, it's probably a hundred percent more likely now than it was probably a month ago. I think so too. Okay, so we're moving on to our next stunning question, and this was an interesting stunning question. I'm talking about Ashley. Should Ric Flair be let go by AEW? Now, if you don't know the story behind this, apparently. When they're recording Rampage on Wednesday night, Rick Fair made a comment in his promo where he invited all the ladies age 18 to 28 back to his hotel room, and that rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. Now, if you watch Rampage, that part of the promo didn't make air. Yeah, that's for good reason. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he tried to just be like, hey, you know, he, he's there for Sting, and he... Just kind of does, like, the dumbest thing he could do. <laughs> he Did you see the tweet he put out as well, saying, like, he would step away if he was embarrassing Tony Khan and his company and stuff like that? Yeah, I saw the tweet and how he capitalized every word of his tweet. And it's, he started out going, like, hi, guys, I'm, why all this negativity? Yeah, I'm old, but I still should be able to enjoy myself. Tony, if I made an embarrassment of, of your company or you, I'll be happy to go. And... I'm caught here because I'm a different generation than you. I remember the late 80s. I remember Rick Fair in the heyday. And a Nature Boy Rick Fair character couldn't make it nowadays in 2023. I mean, it would not be a go for the start. So here we are. We have a character from the past who is basically one of the cornerstones of professional wrestling. And we transport him to modern professional wrestling. And yeah, he shouldn't have said it. It was a dumb freaking line, but to me, part of me being that fan remembering Rip Flair from the 80s, part of me just thinks, oh, it's Rip Flair just kind of saying, well, Kiss still and Willa Dillian, flying limo riding kind of promo. And that's the only kind of promo Rip Flair can cut. And that's like, he's out there playing the classic. I see a lot of people making that case too. It's a tough call. I'm glad they cut it out of the television, at least. Yeah, me too. I, I would be looking forward to... Flair be more on Rampage than Collision or Dynamite due to the simple fact that giving him a live mic may not be the best interest of AEW right now. Well, hopefully he's learned his lesson about calling, you know, 18-year-olds locker room. Okay, on to the next stunning question. Okay, Ashley, where's Britt Breaker? Haven't we kind of sort of misplaced her for like the last four months or so? We had a show in Britsburg and no Brit thing. I feel like that violates every rule of AEW. I mean, like, she should have made a bit of that show in Britsburg and not having her on that one. And this past week on Dynamite, she was tweeting out, MJF got this many minutes of promo time. Somebody else got this much promo time. Where's my promo time? Yeah, I'm not sure. I miss her. Bring her back. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is... um. You know, them kind of just struggling to find a place for the women on TV in the first place and them kind of having more of a focus right now on, like, Tony and Sky and Julia. Um, or if this 
is maybe a response to we know Tony Khan often listens to uh, social media sometimes to a detriment. I'll say I do see a lot of like complaints about how much TV time Britt Baker gets and stuff like that. And I don't know if maybe that was a reason for pulling back on her. I hope not because I miss her. And <laughs> I feel like her personality is kind of missing right now in the women's division. Okay, here's the second part to my question. Could Britt Baker be the devil for AEW? Let's think about this for a second. MJM is buddy up to her boyfriend. She doesn't like it. So she goes out, finds five people. Hey, take care of this idiot for me. I'm going to be the leader of this new fashion. I could absolutely see that being it. She's been a name that I've seen kind of thrown around on social media since the beginning. He's always been kind of devious, so I could see it being her for sure. You know, we're going to get this tag match coming up here this week on Dynamite where we got two goons representing the devil versus MJF and a reluctant Samoa Joe. Do we get to see either one of them get unmasked on Wednesday? I hope. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they're going to do it right away yet. I think it might I think they might stretch this out till the pay-per-view. But I'm hoping maybe at least one. I hope so too. And I think it'll be an interesting play if they bring Britt Baker in as the devil and make her the leader of this faction. Now, this might not be the most likely way AEW goes, but to me, it makes a very good storyline. Yeah. And honestly, I like the mix like factions when they have like the men and the women in the factions and they don't do it often enough. So I'd love to see like a woman leading a faction with like some dudes behind her. True. And I feel like Britt Baker would be one of the people who pulled this off. Definitely. Ashley, six and final studying question. We witnessed CM Punk's return promo on Monday Night Raw last week. What was your takeaway from where he said, it sounds kind of cheesy, but he thinks he's finally home? Well, if that's how he feels, I hope it works out for him. Whatever happened with AEW happened, and as long as it got him back into something he once loved enough to at least, you know, work it out over there, maybe... You know, maybe they'll be better around, you know, never say never. Maybe at least in the future they can talk. You know, it doesn't always have to be so hate-filled. You know, I feel like he went to AEW because he had an itch to wrestle. And he spent some time there, had some cool matches, got to enjoy it for a bit. So things got to start going sideways. He butted heads with some people who he didn't agree with. Then... Remember that um, Raw was in Chicago like a year ago and they had a picture of him outside the building and apparently he went to talk to Triple H for like this a little bit before Triple H said he had to leave. I do remember that. I got a feeling that he was just seeing how the water was over in WWE if he might be able to go that direction after his contract was up. I don't think he was going like into all and going, hey, this is how I'm going to leave AEW. But I feel like he was thinking, I'm going to wind down this contract with AEW and I'm going to go back to the WWE because I feel like that environment might suit him better. And I feel like he just learned that that environment suits him better since he's been away for a good while. Yeah. And maybe he having kind of, you know, he's going to have a, at least a shorter leash over there with what he's allowed to say and do. So at least, you know, having that kind of like boundaries and stuff will probably be a lot better for him, too. I got a feeling that this is going to be a win-win for both gentlemen. I feel like it's going to be a win for CM Punk. It's going to be a win for the WWE. I feel like he understands this is his last opportunity to leave a good and present with the fans and to go out his own way in the company 
that he came to from Real Honor a long time ago. And if he does a good solid run here in WWE, I feel like a lot of people would forget the stuff in AEW. Yeah. And like you said, he can go out on his own and how he wants to go out and how he wants to be remembered. So exactly. I'm going to have my fingers crossed because I want to see everybody succeed here in 2024. Because when WWE goes good, AEW goes good, it makes it a lot more pleasurable to watch as a wrestling fan because you have two hot companies. Absolutely. That's going to end our 76 questions here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Ashley, it's one of our favorite segments of the week. It's Sean and Ashley's top five matches of the week. As they count down their five favorite matches from the past week, did your favorite match make the cut? It's our top five matches. And I'm going to tell you right now, I got two matches from Progress Wrestling inside my top five, and they're both title matches. Do I have you intrigued? <laughs> yes. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I want to just shout out a couple that um didn't make it, but I wanted to. I, I wanted to say, hey, thanks, Tony Khan. You remembered you can book Abaddon outside of Halloween. Look at that. Actually, I was surprised when her music hit and she came down the ring. I was like, that's Abaddon. <laughs> In December? <laughs> Wait a minute. She wrestles on a collision? Right. Uh, it was great to see her on TV. And against Kira Hogan, another lady we don't get to see very often on television. Um, both of these women, I think I mentioned uh, pretty recently, I'm in the, the Heels membership thing. And both of these women were both on recently talking about kind of like hoping to get more opportunities to see them both have a match like this was pretty cool. Um, and I thought they, they did pretty well. Um, and I like the Julia Hart coming out. Is she is she scouting Abaddon or is she going to challenge him? See, that's an interesting thing there because you remember she was teasing building her own fashion inside the House of Black. Yeah, I could see her definitely. Abaddon might be a good selection for this subgroup. Yeah, she's been putting in a lot of work. She looks great, and she's um she's been working a lot. What she said with Dustin Rhodes and stuff. So I, I'd love to see all the you know how she's all the work she's been putting in and to see how she's uh, coming together. And the fact. Oh, Kira Hogan. Somebody else. I went, that's Kira Hogan. I can't remember the last time I saw her wrestle on AEW. But like you said, criminally underused talent. Yeah, so great to see them get out there. And seemingly now we got Abaddon and possibly a televised storyline now. Not in Halloween. Okay, I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm pinching myself because I'm making sure I'm not dreaming this. But I just wanted to shout it out. I, I thought it was great to see them and I'm glad that... It seems like we're going to get at least a little more Abaddon on for now. Um, and then I also wanted to quickly shout out House of Black and Daniels and Seidel. Uh, Seidel is just very underrated in my opinion. And him and Buddy Matthews had some really good chemistry. True, true. I love this match. And the fact that I went, wait, that's Chris Christopher Daniels. He's wrestling a match. And Seidel wrestling a match. I'm going like, there's so many talent in AEW. And they just have this limited amount of TV time a week and you can randomly throw one of these matches on here and you're going, oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> exactly. And um, I, Christopher Daniels is so awesome. Like, such a legend. I love seeing him. And then also I wanted to shout out because it's it's like the, I think the only one from the thing that did I couldn't put on there because there's six matches. But um, Mox and Jay Lethal, um, which I thought was great. Mox is, Mox is just fantastic. And Jay Lethal is like, 
a great opponent to to go against it to have like this match where Mox like gets his leg injured and kind of baits Jay Lethal into making some very big mistakes and it costs him in the end and Mox comes out with another three points from the uh, from the classic yeah exactly this tournament has been make- making havoc to my top five lists because I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to put this in order and can I get all the matches on here do I need to cross one out and unfortunately like you John Mosley versus John okay John Mosley versus Jay Lethal was the one I had to leave off this week even though a fun match so allow me to introduce you to match number five for Sean this week we're going over to progress wrestling if you don't have progress on demand search it out it's like nine bucks American and this was taped two weeks ago and they finally put up Friday this past week and I knew it was coming on David sent me a message he's like Sean go check out the first match and this first match is my number five match of the week it's for the Atlas title as Ricky Knight Jr. versus Blue Jacobs and I'll give you one hint top rope Canadian destroyer <laughs> yes, go check this match out. It is a hard-hitting affair, and this is one of the crazy spots you see in this match. See these spots? The, see, I'm gonna go look at it, but I'm gonna be scared when I watch it. But I'm still gonna enjoy it. <laughs> so, Ashley, what is your number five match of the week? All right, so <laughs> number five, I'm gonna put. Um, oh man, what order do I even put these in? Collision, collision. It's just like. Like my whole top five is just like collision anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which one? All right, so I'm gonna go. I'll start off with um, Swerve and Jay White. I I love this. I want to see more interactions with these two. I want to get these two in a storyline. Some <laughs> Ashley, you remember last week when you were saying you wanted to see more of the insane kind of sadistic side of Jay White? Yeah, I think we're getting <laughs> close to this now. As on commentary, Escobar was talking about how. Jay White is one of the most proficient defensive professional wrestlers on the planet, and Swerve Strickland beat him with a defensive move. And Swerve Strickland just continues to just look like a star. I'm hoping, as tough as this is going to say, I don't want him to win this because I want him to kind of lose this, but to be in line for the AEW World Championship. True. Now, we may revisit this match here in just a couple minutes. So let me move on to my number four match of the week. And my number four match comes from a collision. And I'm going Claudio Castanelli versus Brody King. Get your popcorn because Claudio lifts Brody King up three feet in the air. And European, European uppercuts him to the moon. That looked ridiculous. <laughs> looks like he threw a bear in the air. <laughs> He just, so Everest Lee lifts up Brody King to nail this European uppercut. And I'm going like, I didn't think you could do it. I should never doubt you, Claudio. You're superhuman. He is a freak. He is so strong. It's absolutely just, it's unreal. He really is superhuman. But it was everything you would want in a Claudio versus Brody Lee match or Brody King match. I just I was left speechless. I feel like Claudio is going to make some hay in this tournament. Yeah, I I really like the spot too where Brody King was in the corner and he's like he like does his roar and he like pulls his arms up and all of a sudden Claudio comes out of nowhere and just uppercuts him in the corner. Yeah, Claudio gave two two s about that. He's like, I'm Claudio. 
So what is your number four match of the week? All right. So number four, again, from Dynamite, this this tournament has just been stellar. Um, Roosh and Mark Briscoe. Um, kind of surprised to see Roosh take the victory, to be honest. I, I don't know if they're... I thought Mark Briscoe would have at least a couple of points by now. Um, so I'm not going to complain. I love Roosh, but I also love Mark Briscoe. So just surprised to see him take another loss. Yeah, because I'm with, I was with you. I feel like he should be at least three points after two matches. But here we are, two matches into this tournament, and Bristol has zero points. But I love the fact that it was such a different match to Jay White versus Swerve Switzerland. Basically, this match starts with both gentlemen deciding, we're going to see who can just knock the heck out of each other as they're staying in the ring, train forearms against each other for about the first 30 to 65 seconds. <laughs> yeah, there that those sounded pretty pretty devastating to be honest. <laughs> and watching this match live actually, I was thinking this was gonna be our first draw to the tournament. I thought like this would be the match where both gentlemen got one point. It would be like a time limit draw or both gentlemen would get counted out somehow. And we got zero points. I kind of thought maybe that was could be the way they go too. And I also wanted to say I hope Roosh is good because it did seem like he did maybe tweak his leg a bit during this match. True. Now remember we had the kind of storyline injury with Monsley in his knee. This one with Roosh, I feel like wasn't planned, and he was kind of checking his knee there at the end of this match, going, "I think I got lucky." Yeah, I'm hoping maybe it was like a. I don't know if like I don't know if maybe he he twisted it, but he's okay, and he he thought maybe he had pulled something and he didn't or something. But he seemed to like you said be standing at the end of the match, and he seemed to be okay. So I'm hoping he's gotten checked out, and that we're gonna get the okay for his match next week because I can't wait for that. Oh, this week on AEW TV is gonna be crazy. So let me go ahead and go to my number three match of the week. And some of you may think I'm crazy because I'm putting this match <laughs> at number three. It's Eddie Kingston versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. <laughs> and here we go, guys. Eddie Kingston putting all his titles on the line for this tournament. This gentleman has zero points. Yeah, Eddie Kingston taking another big loss in this tournament. Um, And he he seems like he's getting caught up in in his own head too now with these like after after match promos and stuff like that seems like he's like you know like he was already like uh, i already lost to brody i i'm already behind the ball and now he's lost to danielson and now he's he's seemingly even more like kind of like depressed about it and he put a lot up on the line here so he's got to start responding and after the match uh brian danson goes out to the crowd grabs a fan <laughs> sign that says Eddie's a bum, shows it to Eddie, and lays it on him as he walks out for the ring. And I'm going like, that is this like icing on a cake. Literally kicking him while he's <laughs> So what is your number three match of the week? All right, number three. Um, I'll do, all right, Garcia and Andrade. Um, I think this was one of Andrade's best singles matches in AEW so far. You know, I agree with you. But actually, my poor problem with this match was I kind of wish this was a draw and both gentlemen got a point because now Garcia is another person in this tournament who, correct me if I'm wrong, has zero points. Yeah, no points for Garcia yet. Um, Andrade on to three. 
Kowalski, and Andrade, I think, has Danielson next week. So, going to be a tough one for him. But I I think there's... I'm hoping they're doing this long-term thing with Garcia in that, you know, in order to do it, he's going to have to eat these L's for a little bit until he separates completely from uh, from Daddy Magic, who was out there, like, on commentary and stuff with him still, so... Yeah, but this was still a great match. There was three really good matches on this past week's episode of Collision. And like you said, Collision was probably would make our top five matches if we let it. This tournament has just been just so good. Um, I'm glad it seems like that. Like it's a good way. It seems like they're building in some storylines to come out of it too. So even the people who aren't going to come out in the finals at least maybe have some direction afterward. True. You remember when we were looking at this tournament going like, why, Tony Khan, are you doing yet another tournament? I personally like to say, I'm sorry, Tony. I still never doubted you about this one. Yeah, I'm glad that he kind of changed up the, the formula and put in a bunch of people that were like the caliber that everybody was like hoping for some of the past tournaments. I think he's learned his lesson about how to build a tournament and say you're going to have a kick-ass tournament. This one is probably the only tournament he's put together that meets that criteria of being, oh my god, this is freaking awesome. Yeah, I would say because I genuinely like, like we said, like we've had some people that we don't think we're didn't think we're gonna be pointless, but so far have nothing. People we thought were gonna make the finals, like I I saw Mark Briscoe definitely making the finals and being like a top contender for like the the Ring of Honor World Title, but. Maybe he's not. Maybe we are going to go Danielson, you know? Maybe we are going to go with somebody like Mox. That would be insane. <laughs> it could be an all-bot-pool combat final, and that could be kind of inter- interesting going into 2024. Yeah, even with Claudio in there. Claudio's been killing it. I'd love to see him make it to the finals. You know, he could be a dark horse in this tournament, and I feel like we've been so off on our picks each week as we go through these matches. And it's been just driving me freaking crazy. But hey, at least I can enjoy the wrestling. <laughs> okay, Ashley, we're going to my number two match of the week. And like I said about five to six minutes ago, it's Jay White versus Swerve Strickland. This was the main event of Dynamite. And it was just everything I would want from a match that has two of your top heels going right now. And the fact that it's driving Jay White in deeper to his more sadistic, kind of insane version of the Switchblade character and it keeps Switchblade strong as he's going through here becoming probably the number one contender for MJF as we go into 2024 yeah I definitely liked it it was kind of just Swerve Strickland just kind of getting like the the last cheat in you know it wasn't so much like uh like Jay White didn't try and couldn't have won it was just Swerve Strickland just got that one extra one extra little cheat in, and it was just enough to, to beat Jay White. Exactly. It was just like two super villains. Just <laughs> one had one extra sneaky trick up their sleeve, and he had to pull it out for the victory. So, Ashley, what is your number two match of the week? All right. We already talked about it, so we don't have to go into too much. Uh, Claudio and Brody King. Uh, just, I love it. It's just two dudes beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a hard-hitting match. And like I said, during my part of the review of this match, where I said, I couldn't believe Claudio left the guy up to do the European uppercut. I just couldn't believe Claudio was about ready to try to swing and do that as well. 
Yeah, no, he and he did that for a minute too. <laughs> it looks like he was a little off balance there to start. Um, yeah, just outstanding. Claudio, Claudio has kind of kicked it into a new gear with this tournament. And there's another gentleman that should be near the MJF AEW World Title picture in 2024. Both of these guys, I mean, Brody King and Claudio. Yeah, I, I feel like Brody King is definitely one that's kind of stepped up and shown off what he can do without like Malachi and, and, and Buddy by his side. Yeah, it's interesting. Remember when we were thinking Buddy Matthews and Brody King was going to be the tag team unit from the House of Black? Now it seems like Malachi and Buddy Matthews is going to be the tag team unit and Brody King's going to be the big KB that does the single matches. Hey, I'm here for it. Hey, yeah, especially because we're going to get a seemingly FTR versus Buddy and uh, Malachi on uh, on Dynamite, or uh, I mean uh, on Collision. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brody King is just kind of showing out and showing what a hoss he is, so I'd like to see him get into maybe a feud with like Miro or someone. Oh, I can't wait to see a match between Miro and Brody King. Um, Tony, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, go ahead and put that match on next week, please. Yeah, just Collision, book that one. Okay, so my number one match of the week. I'm going back over to Progress. It's for their world title. It is Kid Lycos versus Sprite Turvey. It's Mass versus Title. And this was a non-stop, hard-hitting street fight that saw tax, lemon juice, tax, and glass. And normally, I'm not a fan of glass and professional wrestling in a match. When this being shattered into like a million pieces... I just went, ooh, you know what? This makes perfect sense. This is Spike Trevay going to yet another level of evil to try to keep his Progress World title yet again. Spoiler alerts, Spike Trevay, still your Progress World champion. <laughs> Sounds like it after that. um, Yeah, I am always scared with glass. Always. It's interesting, as we've seen Kid Like Us go through the summer here, if you're not a regular listener to, or if you're not a regular viewer of Progress Pro Professional Wrestling, Kid Lycos was a heel during the spring of 2023. Him and his partner, who formed Lycos Gym, one of the top heel tag teams. Now, Kid Lycos won Super Strong Style 16, guaranteeing him a title shot against Spike Trevay. And he cast that in a couple of chapters ago at Hungry Like a Wolf, and Spike Trevay cheated. So, the only way for Kid Lycos to get this match that I watched this past Friday was to offer up his mask to get the shot at the title. And this is the first time in about 10 years that the gentleman who is Kid Lycos has taken off his mask to wrestle. And I was like, you can feel the tension in the room as the fans are trying to will Lycos to win this match because nobody wanted to see him lose his mask. And just the fact that, yet again, the hill is winning in progress time after time it's just who's left in progress to beat spike to bay that's the question going into 2024 and a good question that's a cool way to put somebody over i think yes i think so and spike to has been progress world champion for 400 plus days now yeah it was if you haven't seen this chapter from progress that came out on friday go back it's four hours but it doesn't feel like four hours it flies by no that's pretty short in terms i would say for a wrestling show I mean, yeah, especially since we watch AEW a lot, and that's usually five and a half hours mostly. You kind of get used to it, but still, great wrestling. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty average. So, like, yeah, no, definitely seems like worth checking out. Okay, so my number one match had tats, glasses, and lemon juice. Ashley, what's your number one match? 
I don't know if there's any surprise here. Um, so um, a certain wrestler came back this week. We already kind of spoke about this match, but I'm just so happy he's back. Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston had one of my favorite matches this week. <laughs> my favorite match this week, in fact. Um, beat the hell out of each other. Brian Danielson is absolutely insane. Um, I don't know how he has been cleared to come back already. <laughs> I don't either, Ashley. And the fact that he's wearing that um, cover over his eye during the matches is interesting. And I'm just got my fingers crossed that he can work his way through this tournament. We can get to World's End and we can get to that match with Okada. Yes, this is... I, I, I believe this is everybody's concern. I'm hoping... He did. He did mention it was like fractured in two spots or something when he when he did talk about it. So I'm hoping this this protective piece he was it's it's kind of bigger than an eye patch. So I'm hoping this protective piece he's wearing is is um going to be able to to help him continue to recover. Well, we got our fingers crossed, and that was one hell of a match. It made my top five match of the week. So if you haven't seen this episode of Collision, go over fire up the TNT app. And watch that sucker because that was two hours of very entertaining professional wrestling on a Saturday night. Yeah, Collision has just been outstanding. You know, I, I'll tell you this now, Ashley. I'd rather watch Collision than AEW or Raw or SmackDown. I think genuinely it's become my favorite show every week. Um, it's it's something they could have done with Rampage, but they just chose not to. But I'm glad we got Collision now because... I like I still like the format. I like the promos up front and the wrestling has just been outstanding. You know, really, I feel like they get two shows now. I feel like a I feel like Dynamite is that show for everybody who likes Young Bucks and that type of wrestling. And Collision is the show for us who like FTR and wrestling along those lines, and that's what we get. Yeah, it does seem to be still a little more like kind of like maybe a soft roster split. True, very true. Okay, before we end this week's episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling, there's a couple of housekeeping items here for you. Number one, we will be recording our 2023 Winston Awards show coming up on December the 15th. Go over to our Facebook page. Just type in Ray Free Professional Wrestling. It's a private group. Just go ahead and hit join. Me and Dave will add you to the group. And I'm going to have the list of categories there for you to select your wrestler for best wrestler of the year best female wrestler of the year promotion of the year all that good stuff and we'll have that show out to you on december 25th as a christmas present to you all and assigning this for me and probably all you guys coming up in january david's coming to Knoxville for a week so me and david are going to sit down on one of the days he's here and we're going to record a bunch of stuff and we're going to title it rfpw live so i'm gonna have another link out there on the facebook page for you guys to ask questions and give us topics to talk about for his time over here i can't wait for this this is gonna be interesting it's also gonna be kind of scary in a way too we'll just see how this works for a first time ever meeting that's awesome <laughs> so i'm looking forward to having my tag team partner over here for a week and also we'll go have some fun and we're gonna do some recording now, before we go, Ashley, where can we find you on the Super Information Super Highway where we can always enjoy your takes on live professional wrestling? I am on Twitter. It's on at Groovy underscore Ash underscore. And you can always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, at Radio Free PW. 
or if you need to catch up on a previous episode, go over to www.radiofreepw.com and right there on the main page is a list of all our episodes and a list of all your favorite podcast devices that you can listen to. Select one, subscribe, and if you don't mind, give us a rating. It helps us get the word out about Radio Free Professional Wrestling and me, Ashley, and David will thank you. And until we see you again next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, remember, this is our groovy and sunny era. Guns up. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at radiofreeprowrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.